When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to another edition of the Pucks with Hags podcast, post-Christmas edition of the Pucks with Hags podcast. I hope everything uh, everything uh, lovely and beautiful and expensive was under your Christmas trees. I hope you got everybody got exactly what they wanted. I hope all you young hockey players out there and hockey parents had hockey sticks under the tree like... Uh, my son had a uh, had the the trigger eight uh, the CCM trigger eight under the tree. He was pretty excited about that. His first big boy stick. Uh, he was using youth sticks. Now he's using junior sticks. So now the sticks go up to like two hundred or two hundred and fifty bucks a piece, which is absolutely ridiculous. Um, so I, the first chat I had with him was, "You better not break this over the crossbar because you're mad because you guys just lost or something like that because you're not getting another one." But I'm sure there are a lot of hockey dads and moms that have had conversations with their kids. Uh, about that there but be that as it may uh we're here with the pucks with hags podcast merry christmas we've got mick collagio here with me a longtime friend and colleague um i want to thank our sponsors real quick FanDuel sportsbook um new customers get 150 dollars in bonus bets with any winning five dollar money line bet that's 150 bucks if your team wins so visit fanduel.com slash boston and get in on the action uh, also, Factor Meals, got to give them some props. America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. Uh, meals done in two minutes. Some delicious options, surf and turf and roasted garlic, filet mignon and shrimp and Cajun spice, shrimp and salmon. I know it's getting close to dinner time, Mick. I hope I'm not getting you hungry over there. Uh, but head to factormeals.com slash hags50 and use code hags50 to get 50% off your first box. I don't even think I introduced myself. I went running into this. I'm Joe Haggerty, your host. You can find my stuff at Substack. Um, the Joe Haggerty, joehaggerty.substack.com. And I also write for the Boston Sports Journal columns uh, after every uh, Bruins game. Mick, please tell the people where they can find your stuff. Uh, Mick Collagio, at, at Mick Collagio on X Twitter, uh, which links to my Rink Rap blog on game nights, usually, and also a weekly uh, weekend column on bostonhockeynow.com uh, and occasional contributions to the new uh, to the old uh, uh standby the hockey news which uh my son does not know it yet but i actually just got him a subscription to the hockey news um because i think you know it, it, it i don't think it's the same as when you know we were young and you had a subscription to the hockey news it's a little different now but i still think it's pretty cool for a hockey player and a hockey nut uh, to have that you know monthly magazine come in the mail i, I wanted him to have that that feeling, that old school feeling that we had when the, you know, the magazine came in the mail and you were all excited to read it. If you loved that sport or if you loved anything really that uh, a magazine covered. So I wanted to give my son that experience. So Mick, thank you for contributing uh, to the hockey news. I think that'll be pretty cool. I can, I never contributed to the Boston globe except for letters to the editor, but <laughs> me on Sunday morning was first person up, go between the, uh, the front door and the screen door grab the Sunday globe, spread it out over the kitchen table, grab the cold pizza out of the fridge and make myself a big uh, tall glass of coffee milk and um, 
and then uh, read the entire sports section and then go off in other stuff. By then, everybody else is up and the play paper's a complete mess. So oh, yeah. welcome, folks. Well, I mean, Mick, that's why we do what we do, because we all, I think, have the same experience uh, as, a, as growing up on Sundays reading the sports page. And for me, it was, you know, Peter Gammons reading his baseball notes on Sundays, Bob Ryan, um, Dupes. Yeah. You know, uh, all those guys. Um, other A-listers like Lee Monfil, a lot of fun to read guys like yeah. that. Uh, Bud Collins is one of my all-time favorites. Yep. But like, uh, you know, when, when I was growing up, it was, you know, I, I I was a huge, I loved hockey, but I was a huge baseball fan. Gammons was like the guy. And oh, he, yeah, he was a gold standard. His yeah. baseball notes when it, whenever you read them. And yeah. Duke too, like obviously. so And obviously uh, Mr. McDonough. So, yes, yeah. and that's the other one I was going to mention is the Patriots in the yeah. NFL. You'd be all over Will McDonough because he was so super connected. Yeah. And then you'd also see him on uh, on TV because uh, he always did the national stuff on Sundays too, which was pretty cool to see yeah. a guy who was in the Globe also doing that. But I, I digress about all that stuff. Um, we got to talk about a Bruins win last night, uh, Mick. Four to one win. Um, a lot of interesting stuff. Uh, some interesting comments from from Jim Montgomery talking about how he'd been kind of sucked into a little bit of a negative mindset uh, in the last few weeks leading up to Christmas and the break really helped him sort of recharge and reset. Uh, I think the, a lot of the Bruins, it was the same thing. I think uh, they looked like they had charged up batteries. Uh, certainly the Buffalo Sabres are a get right game kind of opponent too. Like that's the, that's the team that you want to face coming out of the break. If you're looking to, to get things going North again, and you're looking for, uh, for answers to, you know, stuff that's uh, been puzzling you during a four game losing streak. So um, I think there was a lot to like. The secondary scoring was huge. They needed goals from somebody other than Brad Marchand and David Pasternak. They got those last night. Charlie Coyle, Morgan Geeky, a uh, nice goal um, for Mason Lowry that started things off. Um, you know, obviously pretty good defensively, really good uh, performance from Jeremy Swayman. But, you know, this was kind of the formula. Uh, the, the the Bruins that showed up last night, I thought, were the 14-1-3 and three Bruins that we saw the first six weeks of the season. And it was good or reassuring to see them make an appearance again coming out of the holiday break. Yeah. And, I mean, you know, and, you know, and a little reality check, Buffalo was awful. Yeah. Um, you know, yep. they, they're getting – they made the Bruins look fast. Um, you know, they, the Bruins played pesky. Coyle was awesome early in the game. The, the the confidence he had with the puck was just mesmerizing. I loved it. Um, it was, I thought Lindholm played with a lot more energy, a lot more uh, uh, Carpe Diem in, in, in his game. I, I loved watch seeing that from him because I felt like he had sort of been in a rut. And, and um, so it, it was a good team effort. It's great to see them reach the 20 win plateau. One more in their halfway to playoff uh, guarantee. I mean, yep. the, you know, the real 500 in the NHL is win half your games. You want to make the playoffs and be in the top 16, win more than half your games. If you have an average number of loser points, you're in the playoffs if you win more than half your games. That's how it works. It's always worked that way. It certainly well, has. In the, in the cap era, in the yes. every game must have a winner era. No, and, and and it's it's part and parcel with the if you're in a playoff spot by Thanksgiving, you're, you know, you're going to be there at the end. It's just once you get a certain number of wins and points in the bank uh, at a certain point, it's really difficult, difficult to dislodge yourself from the, you know, the playoff structure yeah. really, especially if you've really banked points and you're up towards the top, it's really difficult to go all the way to the bottom and out. That being said, um, it is a pretty wide open Eastern conference this year. I, I feel like uh, it is more than other years where there's not it's a, a big I think, bubble. 
a clear cut favorite. I think there's not many points that separate the top from the bottom. And there's, you know, a lot of uh, movement potentially between those teams, uh, which is going to make it interesting at trade deadline, which is going to make it interesting for the Boston Bruins uh, when it comes to um, what they're going to do and how they decide to proceed. But, you know, it, it, as, as it, it's a continued positive thing for the Bruins to show that characteristic where they can um, pull themselves out of tailspins, you know, prematurely. It doesn't get yeah. prolonged. Um, you know, four games was kind of shocking to see them lose four games in a row, to be honest with you, going into the yeah. Christmas break, because, you know, right. that hasn't happened in a long time. But, uh, it, you know, they continue to show that ability to pull themselves out. Um, some really important things going on in that game. Jake DeBrusque had two assists. I thought he he had matched his uh, entire output offensively from um, the first 10 games of the month of December. And I thought he was moving around pretty good. He had good battle. Like he was one of their better players. Um, had a tremendous pass out to the slot. Yeah. Nothing, nothing complicated or nope. things we hadn't seen in our lives before as hockey fans, but just, just terrific how he went to went behind the net with speed, identified his target and bang on a tape in a net, bing. You know, it was just great. It was good to see clean, hard hockey with tape-to-tape uh, -tape passes and energy and focus and confidence all wrapped up in a one thing. And it was just good to go in there and into their building, like you said, the way it's been. When you go four games without a W, Bruins hadn't done that all year. Um, two of them they got a point out of, but the feeling is still there. <laughs> you you got to win some games. And um, they snapped back into it, which was good to see. Um, and now they got a schedule with some teams that are had some issues lately. So if the Bruins can put their better foot forward again here, um, you know they could they could start uh, maybe have a maybe have themselves a couple of few nice weeks right right going forward. It would be good to see them right the ship a little bit. And um, last night was a great step in that direction. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel. America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action, NFL. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including you got spreads, you got your player props, you got over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Massachusetts. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $5 pregame money line wager required. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling helpline ma.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Well, that, that was my question. Uh, that would be my question to you, Mick, is do you 
did you take enough from last night's game, uh, notwithstanding the Buffalo Sabres suckitude, um, to think <laughs> that they are, you know, that they they are going to you know, move into a, you know, a good stretch of play for at least a few weeks here? Because like the, the concern is, um, you know, they've they've shown when they are playing low energy, when they don't have their best skating legs. I think that's when we've seen the real problems come out when they don't have sort of that max effort ability. And when the schedule starts to catch up to them, we've seen it twice. Now we saw it around Thanksgiving time. We've seen it around Christmas. You combine that with perhaps a tiny little lack of urgency because they are in a playoff spot and because they don't look like they're in any danger of falling out. Um, Do you worry at all about that? Uh, because the dog days are coming, you know, the, 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 the Thanksgiving, the Christmas or the minor dog days, the January, February is when the real dog days come when there's yeah. not a lot of breaks in the season, when yeah. things are going to start to pile upon them uh, as far as games played and everything else. Um, do you feel like you saw enough last night to say, okay, they're going to go on a little bit of a run here and be okay for a while, or do you still hold some concern as to what January and February are going to hold for this team that has shown when they don't, they're not at their freshest and best that they struggle a little bit. Yeah, I, um, I think that that we have uh, the potential here. Um, not everybody's going to be the tomato can that the Sabers were last night, but uh, they played like they were out partying the night before, but didn't invite Krebs because <laughs> that kid yeah. showed up. Yeah. I don't know about anybody else, but well, it's kind of like the Bruins right before Christmas with Morgan Geeky. Like he was one of the only ones <laughs> yeah. that was going on that team. Yeah, absolutely yeah. right. Yeah, well, yeah, that's right. Bruins had a team. You had a team effort. Yeah, I think I think that um, I expect a good stretch of hockey here from the Bruins. But you are right. I do think that the roster issues are going to become um, more relevant in that longer haul of yep. January, February, when uh, they need more of that geeky type physicality in their forecheck, more Frederick more of that bang around, more intimidating of the defensemen going on their retrievals. I keep on beating this drum and, you know, I realize it's getting to be a drone, but um, I think that that was a big contributing factor to them hitting a wall because it takes, I think they get the hell beat out of them to win the harder games. And they rely so much on their goaltending and then they, they, and then their ingenuity and they pull a lot of rabbits out of their hat and, um, handkerchiefs out of their sleeves and and uh, a little pasta magic and a Martian yep. uh, courage moment and and somehow they they put it together. Um, you know, it reminds me of the of the, of the Bork Neely Bruins when the when the labor wars were starting to eat away at their roster in the early '90s, and they still found ways to win games and have good seasons. But come playoff time, they weren't as formidable as they were '88 '90 because they didn't have everything they really needed. And I still look at the Bruins this way. And so I hope that that to whatever extent they decide that they want to make a push this year, that they don't try to compartmentalize a 20, 25 goal stick for the second or third line and thinking that that'll help us gain separation. I think what they need to do is make a move that affects everybody's game. And that's whether it's that big left shot matchup defender or whether it's that um, add a one more menacing presence in a four check who can play top six uh, and contribute um, somewhat offensively that eases the game for everyone it puts energy in all the guys that that that's not who they are and and 
nothing against who they are. It's just, but you need more of a certain thing. And the Bruins need more of that thing. And I think that that's where that's going to decide for me how the, how things go for them. Um, you know, when you get closer to the trade deadline, I hope it's not a worn out bunch by then because the first part of the season really told me that, that this team um, has hard sledding and it, and it, and it's hard for them to battle and without those extra horses to gain you more advantage in those battles. Yeah, no. And, and you need that come playoff time more. So even, you know, it becomes more pronounced uh, when you get to the playoffs, when you're missing those things. And if you're deficient in those areas, and I think you're, you know, you're right for sure that, you, you know, there, there's some, there's two or three things when you look at this team and, and you, they're clear uh, and present needs on that roster. There's no doubt about it to make them, you know, what would be a really formidable Stanley cup championship threat type team. I just don't know. I don't think they're getting there this year. And, and that's to your point of saying, you know, you'd hope they don't sell out for like a shiny object thinking that that's going to put them over the top when I don't think that that's what it is. You know, I think, I think that you could start to build some of the things that you need on this team and add right. some of that element. While Trend it in the right direction. So well, that yes. even if you're not going to get where you want to go, you did a good move going. It's going to carry forward. But not you're a bit, but you're, of something yes. that doesn't matter in the next two years. Yes, but you're also looking at this season as a positive because you're getting younger players into, you're inserting them into the mix. You're getting them some playoff experience this year. You're starting that transition of, you know, getting Patra in there and getting him uh, his feet wet. Low rise, same thing. Merkulov, I'm sure, is going to come up at some point in the second half of the year based on the way that he's played uh, down in Providence recently. He'd really been tearing it up. So uh, there was a report today on social media that he got recalled. But it yeah. wasn't from the wasn't from Boston. Yeah, it wasn't official that I know of. Yeah, no, no, uh, and and that may be like I I, I firmly believe it's going to happen for him sooner rather than later. Matter of time, because he's been playing so well. So I think he's going to be part of that mix of that phalanx of young players that are going to get you know pushed into the mix, establish themselves, get their playoff experience, get them started on that journey along with the the established crew that they have. And I really think at the end of the day. When we look back on this season, that's what we're going to view this season as kind of that year of transition of going from one thing to another. But, you know, it, it becomes a little murkier and a little more difficult when the East is wide open, when they've had such a good record. I think the temptation is much bigger uh, to make some big moves. I just don't think you can really afford to do it this year based on what they've done in the recent past, where they are asset wise and where they want to go. Um, but, but I think they're going to add, I don't think there's any doubt about that. And they may subtract too. We'll see, you know, they have some players that they could potentially deal away from the NHL roster that would free up cap space and make it easier to keep these young players in uh, their positions and keep them in, you know, spots at the NHL level. So I think that may take care of itself if injuries don't. Um, but, you know, I, I continue to view it the, the, in a similar way you do, where I'd like to see them make complementary moves rather than feeling like they have to trade for Elias Lindholm. I'm not sure that is the right move for this team based on where they are and, and where they're going. Yeah. I don't even know if I want, you know, I, I saw him, saw Calgary down a goal last night at home and um, watching them play their game and watching Lindholm and thinking, yeah, he does everything well. I, I, there's a lot to like about his game. Do I think that he's the answer for the Bruins? Not sold. Right. But I'm not I'm not salivating. I right. want to see a lot more of this player in order to feel like 
he can get from the level he's at right now to what the Bruins would want out of him at that level. And if you're going to give up what you need to get to get a guy like that and pay him, then you got to make sure that he's that he's uh, going to going to give you more than that silhouette of Bergeron. Yeah. And one thing I did really like about last night's game, in addition to some of the other stuff that we talked about, uh, I mean, we didn't even talk about the McAvoy play, batting that puck out of midi air backhanded to save a goal. That was fantastic <laughs> defense. That was yeah. a highlight reel kind of play yeah. uh, for the season um, for him, uh, for sure. Um, but also Morgan Geeky um, scores again last night. Now is yeah. third, I think, on the Bruins in goal scoring in the month of December behind the two uh, big guns, Pasternak and Marchand. He's got eight points, I think, in 11 games. Yeah. Um, he's really come on the radar in this month. And I really think is is finally become comfortable in his new environment with his new team. And we're starting to see, I think, what the Bruins saw in him and why they liked him as a player. The second and third effort on pucks, he's a big body. You don't realize it until you like see him on, on the ice. And you also like see him in the locker room. He's a big dude. You know, he's like 6'3", 210 pounds. You can see how he uses that strength in battles to win battles all over the place. He, you know, he's not going to, he's not going to be a flashy player and he's not going to dazzle you with anything that he's doing out there or this like breakneck speed. He's not a pretty skater. But, but you yeah, know but, what? But he's, got, he's got great hand-eye, and he's a he's, he loves baseball. That's his favorite sport. Yep. And and hockey became the sport that was his win his his path to the pros. Yep. And um, but, but he's not. But you he's can not see a you can see in the things he does out there that the hand-eye and from his from his career of playing many sports is is translating to his game. But he's he's not a burner. You know what I mean? And he's not like one of those guys that's like you know that he's not one of those young kids that's like flying around it's got all the stick fakes and is doing all that that's not his game like what he does is he finds ways to get the puck through you and go through you and get it to the other side like he has like a real blue collar way that he shows his skill which is a lot different i think than what you see a lot of the young skill players oh yeah i think at first you don't notice it as much because you think maybe the first couple times he does it, you're like, oh, that was sort of lucky. And then you see him do it a few more times, and you're like, all right, that's not lucky. That's like how he plays, and that's what he does. Yeah, he it's got a, a lot really... of that Cashman O'Reilly in his game. Yeah. Puck follows and... him through traffic. Yeah, and it's it's kind of an old-school way that he plays, yeah. in addition to winning battles around the net and doing everything else that he does. Uh, and, and I just think the second and third effort wins on, on you know pucks in general is a great quality to have. Um, but this is the, the perfect example of a player taking an opportunity uh, when Zaka got hurt and really stepping up and doing something with it when he started playing with better players. He gets rewarded in that game last night, uh, gets to, you know, some top line center work uh, with some really good players. They move Zaka over to the wing again. I thought that was interesting. But just any thoughts you have on Geeky and, you know, your thoughts on him now uh, that we've seen him for a while you know, he's made an impression on me now where maybe I didn't notice him as much the first two months. Now I really feel like I know who he is as a player. Yeah. Yeah. He, um, uh, uh, Don Sweeney's made several attempts, uh, in his career as Bruins GM to find himself a guy who he could elevate and use in situations either at center or right wing and a big, strong guy, David Backus. He wanted to be that guy, Charlie Coyle, wanted to be that guy obviously these players are not all the same as each other they have different attributes coils an elite skater um and as we see you know in situations he can really handle the puck um yep. uh, and and uh, Bacchus obvi obviously got him a little too late 
uh, is a little too broken down. Um, but uh, but that's a great attribute to get a player like this. And if you can get it, and Geeky seems to be now the understated guy who Seattle didn't really have room for, um, given their successes and what they thought of the rest of their lineup. I wouldn't be surprised if they regret that a little bit because their season has not been great. And he brought a lot of that blue collar to them. And um, maybe they thought that, you know, they could get it every other way. Um, but uh, Geeky's, Geeky's um, an important player to the Bruins in this regard. And, and, you know, it's, it's, there's always a temptation to somehow set the line, set the top nine, yep. put, put etch it in granite, get out a Tamron, a chisel. And let's say, this is it. And that's not how it's going to be when you get a guy like him. A guy like him is meant to be on a team that's going through changes and needs somebody to step into situations. Not a good face-off guy, at least at this point. No. He's not a good face-off guy. So no. I think that I think the Bruins still uh, are going to be looking hard at that issue um, going forward. But um, but this guy can go over to the wall and, and play a great game for them. So uh, I think that uh, – you know, this is a, I really hope that he continues to have a spot in the top six here for a while because I feel like the element he brings was sorely missing. And uh, it's a good start for them trending the way I think they need to. Yeah. And I think with this forward group and with this coach, there's no such thing as like a chiseled and granite leg forward line combination anyway. I, don't, I just don't think they have the personnel that is going to lend itself to like, you know, this is the set first, second, third, you know, fourth line, the fourth line's fairly established, I think for the most part, but I think the rest of them, I think very interchangeable parts. And I think Montgomery likes it that way. And he, he's certainly in his comfort zone uh, moving guys around as a hockey coach. And he doesn't get too like comfortable with anybody on any line uh, for any length of time. Let's get Mick to the Twitter question of the day, still not sponsored. So if you're listening, and you want to get on the Pucks with Hags podcast, let's sponsor this Twitter question of the week. Let's get it done. All right, this is from Qster CT, uh, and they say the refs need to be held accountable, and it's ridiculous that coaches and players can't criticize legitimate lousy calls without being penalized. Respect is one thing. Blind obedience is another. And I think this is a great point. Like, obviously, you don't want your captain taking unsportsmanlike conduct penalties, and that's tough. Um, but that was a horrendous call at the beginning of the game last night, that cross-checking penalty on Brad Marsh. And I think he was well within his rights to complain about it. And I really think Garrett rank, uh, when you, when you blow a call that badly, I think you need to kind of take the, uh, you know, the histrionics that come with it from the player. If you, maybe he didn't realize he'd screwed it up that badly until he went in the locker room and looked at the video after the period was over. But uh, if you have a sense that you just blew a call and you got, you know, hoodwinked into making a bad call, I think you have to take some of that medicine without slapping the extra two minutes on. Uh, who knows if he had told him that's enough and, and Marchand continued after that. I don't know. Or um, what he said. Yeah, exactly. I mean, but I, I, reft, I reft college and pro tennis for a long time, going back to 1989. Um, five U.S. Opens, I was a line judge. I was on the court with the best players in the world. Yep. Sampras Chang, quarterfinal in 93. Um, Federation Cup. Uh, a lot of college matches where I was a chair umpire, roving umpire, and referee. And uh, there's a big difference between arguing the point of call and and then and, and the other things that go over the line and into another sphere of conversation in which your integrity or your... Uh, or your or any other aspect of you as a person. I don't know what happened. I know Marshan, for the most part, is is really good at 
compartmentalizing these things, understanding what I can talk about, what I shouldn't talk about. Yeah. And, you know, he's, so I don't want to, I don't want to suggest this, but I'm just saying that if we're talking about it as an issue, then to me, I, I understand why the uh, league has directs the officials when they go in this area or they do this thing, this is what we want across the league. And that's, and I think if there's anything that's different about hockey now than, um, you know, at the NHL level, at least, than the hockey I grew up with, it's that the referees, Wally Harris came on the ice, everybody saw the name on his back or the number or when, whatever error you were watching yeah. and knew it was him and was like booing him, catcalling him and everything else. But they also had a certain trust, a certain belief, and this is the kind of game we're going to get and it's going to be consistent and we can count on it. Yeah. Nowadays, with two officials and league directives and pet penalties that seem to change every year, and we're in the early stages of the season, we're well midway now in the season, but yeah. uh, mostly what the what's boiling over is early season stuff. I, I think that that's when most of the pet penalty stuff tends to dominate, and the rest of the rule book tends to get forgotten. Yeah. I also think that the league, that the officials, I think that the teams have their beefs they're with the league more than they are with the individual officials because they're acting more as directed and coached up. And this is consistency across the league, how we want to deal with things. And as a result, I think that their ability to be intuitive in those individual situations is harder. It's more mm -hmm. complex because they got this other thing in their ear telling them, Oh, Nope, Nope. You just did this. Now I have to do that. And, you know, if they were in a vacuum somewhere and it's the last game they were ever going to ref and it didn't matter, they probably wouldn't do it the way they did it because sometimes the league directives are not one size fits all. So, so um, while I understand why the league wants to go the direction it's going, um, I, you know, like the way they do fighting, I mean, you could make spend a whole podcast on that. Uh, but, but uh, you know, th this is, it's weird how now two players who are completely pissed off at each other and want, and organically in the moment of a hockey game and want to fight. They don't let them. They don't want anger in the game. They yep. manage the game, overly manage the game. So, but if a, a defenseman makes a clean hit, he has to fight. Why? Because the league wants to manage the game. They want to make sure nobody's mad. And I think that, you know, those efforts, I think, have kind of gone overboard and have kind of turned into things that are not good for the game. And uh, so for me, it's a real complex thing when you bring this up to me because I, yeah, was was that a questionable call? Of course it was. Marshan reached with his hand and, and shoved him down. Yeah, it was and terrible. And then he said, then he started doing this and, you know, right there you go, no, he was actually reached and, and, and knocked him down. I mean, regardless, it wasn't. A, in his glove. Regardless, his glove, it his wasn't. sticking his hand yeah. and he pushed him down with that. With that regardless, regardless of what he did, it wasn't a cross check and the ref blew the call. So like I, when you blow the call, like regardless of whether it's because the NHL is chirping in your ear or whatever the whatever other factors are going on that caused you to call that you blow a call that badly you see a captain of a team losing his mind because you blew that call uh i think as a ref you need to give them leeway um to complain about it when you've blown it and i think it's a bad look on you as a ref when you blow them for the unsportsmanlike on top of that when you've already messed up the call yeah, well again <laughs> the rabbit ears i, I would like to know what happened yeah. in that interim yeah, yeah. because no. because what he said 
would have to be really known in order for me to say, yeah, I shouldn't have done that. Yes. And I think it should be, it would have to be really bad for him to have called on sportsman like conduct. I think that goes without saying, but Mick, we're going to have to save the rest of this uh, for another day. Thank you very much for joining us. Let's give it uh, a little thanks to our sponsors, factor meals, America's number one, ready to eat meal kit, fresh, never frozen meals ready in just two minutes. Delicious. I love them. Uh, Factormeals.com slash hags 50 and use code hags 50 to get 50% off your first box. And then also, of course, FanDuel Sportsbook. New customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. Uh, that is $150 if your team wins. Download the app, spreads, player props, over-unders, so much more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and get going with CLNS's exclusive wagering partner. Mick, thank you very much for joining us. Happy New Year, my friend. I hope you had a great Christmas. I hope everybody else out there has a happy New Year, and we'll see you at the rink.